Schaefer. She is the CEO and founder of Talent Suite. Melanie, welcome to the show. Thank you, Michael. My pleasure. All right. Now, Melanie, give us some background on you, your company, and I have a whole list of questions for you. Okay, great. Well, um, to understand my company and who I am, I have to explain how I got there. Yeah. And so my story is I've spent over 20 years in the talent management space. And you know, I woke up one day and realized I've been really putting a lot of band-aids on problems that I really want to solve. And so that was the impetus for starting Talent Suite. And so we work with leaders to really help think about how do I align my business strategy with my talent strategy. Okay. I want to walk through some of these questions with you. Um, talent optimization, what's that all about? <laughs> Great question. So talent optimization and how we view it is really thinking first about, um, you know, where do I want this business to go? And, you know, what type of talent is it going to take to get there? So many times I find that executives have this great strategy, you mm -hmm. know, of goals and metrics and KPIs and things they know they need to hit. But what they don't think about is who are the people that are the right people in the right seat and how am I developing them, engaging them, and getting all the discretionary effort from them to retain them so that we can reach our business results? You know, that's a real hard part of being able to staff up, scale up, and move your business forward is finding the right talent. You have to match not only the, the skill sets, but the personalities with each other. That's a very, I mean, you also almost have to be a very empathic, savant type of person to be able to reach in and find out who are they gonna work with and who am I working with that's gonna match, right? Absolutely, yeah, and that's a great point because a lot of the passion I have for what I'm doing now is I was in recruiting for many years where people were really figuring that out by using a lot of subjective factors, like how do I connect with this person? How do they come across? And I used Predictive Index, which is the instrument we use in our practice now to equip our clients with data and analytics. What is that? Great question. Um, so Predictive Index is an instrument, and it's we use it as a way to give executives really objective information about the roles that they have, and then how are people wired to align with that. So we help them set an objective benchmark in mm -hmm. thinking about the team they have and where they're wanting to go and where are the gaps mm -hmm. and how do we help them to think about how to get the most out of who they have. Do they have the right people in the right seats or should they maybe think about moving people, shifting and even creating a role? And in that role we create, what does that need to look like? And then in those interviews, let's remove that bias that all of us have to hire people that are like us. Just for a second, give me the ideal 
clients that you work with? You've got a range. Are you C-suite? Mm -hmm. Do you work with middle management? I mean, wh where are you helping people grow their team? What kind of people do you bring to them? Great question. So we start with the C-suite and that's where we have those conversations to understand what are you driving towards? Mm -hmm. Because every company um, has different growth cycles that they're in. You know, our clients can be mature companies that have hit a plateau and they know they need different talent to take them where they need to go. They could be companies that have a product that's been wildly successful, but they need now someone to help them scale it. Mm -hmm. um, it could be a company that's highly complex and they're not sure what their problem is. Maybe they're having issues and challenges that they can't put their finger on and they really need to understand more of the talent pool to pull that back and think about the bigger picture. That's a good answer for me. Um, tell me, the lack of emotional IQ in management, that's a big statement for you. Bring that out for me. Sure. So we believe at Talent Suite that the lack of emotional IQ really is most highly attributed to a lack of self-awareness because all of us have different needs in the way that we operate. And many times we don't have a language to put around that. And not only do we not have a language to put around our own needs, but more importantly, what are other people's needs? And how do we treat them with what we say is the platinum rule, which is treat others as they need to be treated, manage and lead them as they need to be led versus the golden rule, which is apply the same rules to everyone or apply the filters that work for me. Because Michael, what works for me doesn't work for you. That's a brilliant way to do that. You have to have some type of metric, some way of measuring the emotional IQ to be able to match those two because you don't want them offset in order to grow the company correctly. You've got to match those emotional IQs with the people that you're working with. Mm -hmm. that's, that's a really in-depth way of approaching what you do. <laughs> well, we like to think so. Well, it is because you don't hear that. I mean, I've talked to a lot of people and that that is that is a niche to be able to pull that off. It's almost, um, that is something that you really just don't hear from, from your, I wanna applaud you on that. Um, the, the t you, have, you talk about a talent shortage. Mm -hmm. When you say that, what do you mean by that? Well, um, because every client that I work with, every executive, uh, the first thing uh, when I talk to them about their business and you know what's keeping them up at night is I can't find the right people. Mm -hmm. And there's national statistics I could quote um, that talk about you know the unemployment rate being the lowest in history. And having been a recruiter for many years previously, you know we've been in that cycle for many years now where the demand for talent is much higher than the supply. Um, so Are we in a big market like that right now? Is, is talent tight? Oh, yes. Yes, I just attended the Vistage con conference earlier this year, and that was one of the top two issues on CEOs' minds from the research that they had performed. What is the hardest type of talent to place these days? Mm, that's hard to say. I'm not in the trenches anymore of hands-on recruiting, so mm. I... You see the trends, though. I do. Now, the trends I see and what the data suggests right. is that salespeople right now, technical salespeople, are the hardest to find because you've got to have that combination of that ability to be analytical, but at the same time, intuitive and read people. Yeah, sales is where it all starts. If you can't get sales right, you just have no company. Right. You have the best product in the world. Nobody can sell it. Can't got it. Um, companies using psychometrics. So 
talk to me about the psychometrics. How do you use sure. them? How should and how should companies really focus in to use them efficiently? Right. So, and that is a loaded question, right? Because there are actually over 700 instruments on the market. And the reason that we align ourselves with Predictive Index is because as a business owner in a previous company, I was looking for something that was more data-based and not just a report. So most psychometrics, it's a report, it's information, people get it and they say, oh, isn't that neat, that's me. And then nothing happens, right? right. How many times have you seen that, Michael? A lot. I get that question every time I meet with clients. The difference when I, as a business owner, started using Predictive Index is it's a full solution. And so it's collecting data on people, not just a report, so that you can workforce plan, so you can look at trends, so you can figure out with data who are my high performers and correlate that to future hires and alignment of roles, even career laddering. You know, as the organizations grow larger that we work with, a lot more of their issues might be around how do we find our high potentials before we lose them? And how do we help them see what that next step's gonna be? Because, you know, millennials in the workforce now, it's really more about purpose for them than it is about money. So if you're tapping into people's why and what drives them, then you can forecast where you might lose someone before it happens. Now that is a great insight. That's what I was gonna give you, you know, a, a question about to be able to bring that nugget out. I'm glad that you forecasted that question. <laughs> All right, now um, the right people to get them, on the, uh, get them on the bus correctly. Tell me how you, you do that. That's a, that's a talent as much as, I mean, there's some science and data behind it, mm -hmm. but there is, a, there is an art form and there is a talent to make that happen. How do you do it? So successfully. Yeah. And I think that I have a very unique perspective on that because I was a recruiter for 16 years and I worked across every life cycle of recruiting. Mm -hmm. um, I've been where you had to find people quickly and not spend a lot of time on it all the way through retained search. So I have that background and I marry that and really that understanding intuitively of people and my team uses predictive index to really have the analytics that have been highly validated to understand more deeply you know we're not saying because you patterned one person and you interviewed someone that's wired differently not to hire them what we're saying is if you do hire them client then these are the things you're going to have to manage because if you can predict a performance issue you can prevent it so we're not a cut score type of organization. I want to make that very clear. Okay. How do you do that though? I mean, that <laughs> is really, that's, that's ahead of the curve on this. How do you do that? Lots of experience, lots of science, um, lots of just, I mean, that's a great question. That's why I love predictive index so much because it gives you like clarity on that. I will tell you, I, in my prior business made decisions that went against the data and they did not turn out well every time it's almost like I got so subjective with an objective product I had to test it myself I was like there's no way this is right and then come to find out it was just a bad fit and we say good person wrong seat it. it happens all the time what about the the ability through your talents and your organization to keep the loss of productivity to a minimum how do you work with that loss of productivity with our clients and thinking about their people yes 
Well, one of the things I was thinking about is, um, you know, can a leader avoid loss of productivity mm-hmm. by working with you and, and in listening and utilizing the insights that you bring to the table? That's what I'm trying to get to. Yeah. And how does that work? How do you relay that to them? Sometimes these leaders have big egos, but you still have to break through that and make them understand how they can utilize what you do mm-hmm. so that their companies always stay in a productive growth path. Right. You know, do you know what I'm saying? I know. And I'm trying to think, how do I summarize that? So we do work with our clients thinking first about neuroscience of the needs of any human being to be engaged which are community, choice, and competence. So that's the first thing we work with our clients to really think about. How are these things happening in your communications in the organization? Because if they're not, you're missing out on discretionary effort. Because there's a big difference between someone who's just coming to work and someone who actually wakes up wanting to go to work. And that differential can sometimes be twice the productivity. It's huge, it's huge. And that's what you have to do is you have to have employees who are advocates Mm -hmm. for the brand advocates for the product, advocates for the leadership in order to really have a growth-oriented, successful organization. Otherwise, you're just going to be middle of the road, and you're not going to differentiate yourself from the herd. Am I I getting connecting the dots there? A lot of lost productivity in my career and what I've seen and why I started this organization is misunderstanding. It really boils down to communication and how people's work styles differ and having Mm -hmm. a language around how to recognize that that is not subjective. Because it's almost like, you know, as human beings, our brains are hardwired, and I don't want to go into the nerdy neuroscience of it, but we are hardwired for negativity. So having a language that's safe and objective is going to allow a leader to communicate something to someone that may not be productive in a way that that person can receive it. Where is the future on this? Where are you seeing the trends as we go forward within your industry sector? What is, what's going to happen next? Oh, my gosh. Well, you know, I'm really curious to see what's going to happen with artificial intelligence because we're just scraping the surface with that. So I have no idea where that's going to go, but they're already doing things in talent acquisition that are blowing my mind. So um, that's going to be huge. Um, data is in place, right? Tell our audience. Tell our audience what you think, right here. Sorry. That's okay. (laughs) What you think is going to happen next in your industry sector? Yeah, in in my industry sector, I believe that given the fact that data is out there for everyone to consume, and there's really not a lot of differentiation anymore between um, what a company is doing. The differentiator is the talent, and that's where I do feel like time and effort is going to be spent developing that talent, acquiring that talent, and using more advanced ways of thinking about how to look at people through the life cycle of their time with your organization and capitalize on those assets. Perfect. Thanks so much for being a guest. All right, you've been watching CEO Money with Michael Yorba. Thanks for joining with us. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and subscribe to our YouTube channel.